Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Given that shopping secondhand has to become an integral part of the equation to shopping more sustainably, what do we need to know about the secondhand market? And what can we do as individuals to support its growth so that hopefully one day secondhand fashion can completely overtake fast fashion? That's what we'll be exploring today in this mini Bloom Tuesday episode, featuring our special guest who's been working in the secondhand world for quite a few years now and has also been a thrifter herself for over a decade. Before we do that, I wanted to tell you that we're going to be giving away three gift cards for November's giveaway. They were generously offered by our partner, Brightly, which is an online one-stop shop connecting you to sustainability-driven products that directly impact people's lives and our planet. I'll share more about them at the very end, but as always, to enter our monthly giveaways, just head to greendreamer.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And for now, on to everything we should know about the fashion resale market and also what we can do to help the fashion system go circular. Starting off with what got her interested in shopping secondhand in the first place, here's the writer and blogger behind StyleWise Blog and the manager of a thrift shop in Charlottesville, Leah Wise. So I'm actually a little bit of a late bloomer to secondhand, I think, compared to a lot of people um, in that I didn't start thrifting or really even know what thrift shops were until my freshman year of college. So my friend Mary and I had a class together on Thursdays, and then we would get in her Jeep and we would like go to Goodwill basically every single week. And as somebody who had been kind of a bargain shopper growing up, it was amazing to me how cheap everything was. And so that was like my initial introduction in. And then I actually started selling vintage clothing when Etsy became a thing around 2008, 2009. So I started selling pretty early on as well. And then um, I got this thrift shop position in Charlottesville um, four and a half years ago. So I'm sort of fully immersed in it now. Definitely. So you have been in this secondhand world for quite a while now. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions you feel that people have regarding what happens to our clothes after they get tossed out? Well, I think from the donor standpoint, from a thrift shop perspective, a lot of people who donate to a thrift shop think that everything they give us is going to be saleable. Even if it's got holes or rips or stains, they assume that somehow we're going to find a way to either sell it or give it to somebody else. But this isn't true for a few reasons. Um, One is obviously just that styles change and people's tastes are fickle. And so we can't always resell things that aren't on trend anymore. Also, there's sometimes a misalignment of what the donor's taste is versus what our demographic, what our shopper's taste is. And so sometimes we just can't sell their really cool thing because nobody that we that we sell to is interested in it. Also, just there's a major quality problem in today's textiles, especially from fast fashion brands that advertise to a younger audience like teenagers. And so a lot of those items are are pilly and pretty much rags by the time we get them. So all of those things combine to make it really hard for us to be able to resell things. And there's also this sense perhaps that there's some sort of like this way that we're going to be able to recycle it. But a lot of things just don't have access point in the recycling economy yet. 
With this in mind, there are, of course, different ways that people toss out their clothes. Some people might not even know that they can donate their clothes, so they just toss it in the garbage can. Some people donate their clothes, and there's also different places we can do that. So can you walk us through the various paths that a piece of discarded clothing can go after we uh, dispose of them? So I think from the consumer side or from like the personal side, there are generally about three ways that you could get rid of a garment. Um, you could donate it or give it to somebody as a swap or hand-me-down. You could maybe send it to a local textiles recycling center, um, but a lot of localities don't have those, including where I live. Or you could just throw it straight into your trash can. I guess I'm going to go through kind of what will happen in each of those scenarios, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. If you donate the item, you really need to be asking the question, would I or someone I know pay to buy this garment on the secondhand market? And if your answer is no, then you probably won't want to donate it unless you know that the thrift shop you're giving to has a mode of textiles recycling further down the line. I say this as a warning because uh, with smaller thrift shops, oftentimes they don't have enough scale to be able to resell scrap or textile waste, um, which larger scale shops like Goodwill can do. And that means that they end up having to pay thousands of dollars a year to dispose of things they can't sell, which is really counterproductive to their mission of raising funds for charities. But there is a little bit of wiggle room. So if you're going to donate and you have like say a really nice old vintage coat or like a cashmere sweater but it has a moth hole and there are maybe some condition issues with these things you might want to go ahead and call a, a local shop and see if you can talk to a manager at a thrift shop and see what they do with things like that I know for us we actually will take those things and we'll either sell them as is or we can often sell old wool and cashmere to people who do felting so there are some other alternatives but you have to make sure Unfortunately, it's kind of on the consumer side at this point to make sure they're going to get it into the right hand. Like I said earlier, you could, if you had like an old ratty t-shirt, you could take that to a textiles recycling center and then there's a chance that it will either be bailed up and sent abroad or occasionally these things are turned into rags, turned into mops, ground down and turned into insulation and things like that. My area in Charlottesville doesn't have textiles recycling and so you don't have a lot of options there. And the other problem with that, probably people who've been paying attention to the textile world would have seen this in the news. Um, countries like Rwanda and Kenya really don't want our old things because it's just it's messing with their local economies. Um, it's not helpful to them overall, but they had banned it. And then they backed down because with Trump's new trade war, he put pressure on them to make them take in our old stuff again. So it's really not a great political <laughs> political idea to say, oh, well, it's fine. It'll go somewhere else. And then again, some large thrift chains like Goodwill do have the infrastructure to do um, to resell unusable textiles to textiles recyclers. And so sometimes, even though I wouldn't advocate that you send straight up junk to a thrift shop, if you're going to do that, or if you need to do that, you should work through larger infrastructures rather than hyper-local charities. And then I guess my last point, if you do need to throw something away or you think you don't have another option, you can still consider what you yourself could do with that textile. So this is just my little fun fact. I have pet rats and they really like to cuddle in old <laughs> clothes. <laughs> so um, if I have like old pajamas or even like old socks and stuff that I know I can't send off to a thrift shop or have another alternative for I'll actually give it to them and then they, they can use it as blankets. I love that. <laughs> Get creative <laughs> with it. 
Um, and I would love for you to share a little more about, you touched on these secondhand clothes being sent off abroad. Is this just like clothes that can't be resold here in the United States or don't meet criteria to be able to be resold here that get sent abroad? Or how does that work? Yeah, it probably varies by the specific charity models. There are some charities, like we have one in town, where if you give it to them, the first thing they do is bail it and send it over. So so that means they're sending some higher quality, saleable things over in addition to other types of scrap textile. Um, but often what happens, like you pointed out, you're right to say, that is the second place it goes. So it'll go to the thrift shop first. If it's not saleable, then it will be bailed and it will be sent up abroad. So these items are technically still wearable, but they're by no means high quality. And so there's a there's sort of a question of integrity there and, and what we're doing to other people when we send them stuff we just like we see as trash. And the reason that we're even sending things abroad is because our own secondhand marketplace can't even handle the amount of secondhand things being dumped in, right? Right. The volume is astronomical. And you know, when the Marie Kondo craze happened a few years ago, it increased the volume of donations astronomically and that's crazy that it had this impact. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy from my side of things. It was actually very frustrating because these were items that the person though they may have kind of hoarded or had too many things at their house, they might have still had more use for it than we did. And so we got a ton of stuff in, but we still didn't increase volume on the secondhand side, so we couldn't sell all of it. And so a lot of that stuff, ultimately, we had to get rid of. Now my shop doesn't throw away very much. We send to a regional charity that does different types of textiles recycling. But I mean, honestly, we don't know what happened to it after we gave it away. Well, so in the bigger picture, I feel like definitely more and more people are shopping secondhand and the secondhand market is growing. But my thought is that if fast fashion, so brands like H&M, Zara, Boohoo, Forever 21, if they continue to churn out cheap clothes at exponential rates, this still means that we're dumping more clothes into the secondhand world than this market can handle. So supporting secondhand, of course, is amazing. But at least as of right now, if this were viewed as a solution to sustainable fashion or helping it go circular, it seems a little disconnected from the root of this issue. So how do you think we can work with this? What are your thoughts on this? In terms of ideals versus like what's pragmatic and what is possible, I think there is a little bit of a disconnect. I mean, Ideally, what would happen is that we continue to destigmatize secondhand clothing to the extent that more people fully divert their spending to the secondhand market, which would re- reduce volume and demand for the new goods. But my, my big emphasis has tended to be even if you're buying on the secondhand market, the number one thing to think about is quality. You need to be thinking about textile quality, seam quality, fit quality, because Ultimately, what this boils down to, I think, is discontentment with the clothing that we have access to through fast fashion. And if we continue to buy trend items that don't last, even on the secondhand market, then that encourages frustration, which encourages consumption. So Mm. I would say we need to be paying attention to quality and buying secondhand first. If you can't find it on the secondhand market, then you should be paying attention to quality when you're buying it new. Now I'm really into sort of fair trade and like labor ethics as well, but from a textile perspective, purely, you really just need to be thinking about the quality of the garment. 
So it's kind of interesting. I'll bring this up because I, I've been a little bit disgruntled with ThreadUp's new quote unquote remade line because it's not actually remade. It's made with new things. But this is sort of their concept is if you're going to buy it new, it needs to be high quality. So I'll be interested to see if they can prove that concept. Definitely. And I guess the upside to this is that the same the same people that love shopping fast fashion love it for the vast amount of variety that there is and also the cheap pricing. And this feels like the same things they can get if they were to get into the thrifting world as well. So maybe there's that appeal to the same shoppers that currently shop uh, fast fashion mostly. Exactly. I mean, and I see this more and more, especially with high school kids who come in, you know, on their day off, they'll drive over to the thrift shop. Um, like, 80s and 90s fashion is really in right now. And so they could go buy it at like Urban Outfitters, or they could go thrift it. And so it's really about advocacy and making people aware that it's even an option for them. To close off, I'd love to get your best pieces of guidance in terms of how we can support the secondhand market to grow. So I guess the first question is, what can we do to maintain the value in our existing clothes as much as possible so that they can be resold and stay within the fashion system? I think the biggest thing is, of course, paying attention to what we buy in the first place, being high quality and and trying to make it last. But with what we already have, I think paying attention to care labels and following them, or at the very least, hand washing and line drying garments that might be more fragile. I also like to fold things that may stretch if stored on hangers like sweaters and even t-shirts. Sort of just treating the things we have with a little bit more reverence because they were created by human hands and that connects us to them a little bit more. And you also mentioned looking out for high quality fabrics. How can we tell that if we're just shopping at a store? The easiest way, if you're a novice to this sort of touch and feel uh, <laughs> standard that I follow, is looking at the yeah looking at the label and seeing what it's made out of. I prefer ecologically derived fabrics like cotton, linen, things like that. But if in terms of longevity, something like rayon can also last. A lot of it does come down to sort of a feel test. And you know a seasoned thrift shopper by the way that they shop because they'll go around touching the fabrics. A lot can be decided by that. If it's scratchy, if it's pilled already, sometimes things are pilled, you know, at the department store. Mm. Um, Those are things you're going to want to avoid. And then feeling feeling the way it feels on you and making sure that the seams aren't crooked is another helpful way. And then when it comes time for us to dispose of clothing that we will no longer wear, uh, how do we determine what to do with that? Well, I would say, first of all, the best possible thing we can do is wear things for as long as possible. So this is a bit counterintuitive because obviously on the resale market, it's more likely to sell if it's newer But that's still not more sustainable in the long run because it encourages a type of throwaway culture. And so I would say don't be embarrassed if your clothes are ratty because that means you've worn them for a long time. But if you are thinking about the resale economy, you should be a little bit brand conscious, I would say, in terms of of knowing that it's something that people will desire. Also, just making sure that you've cared for it well enough and you've even maybe made small repairs to it. You know, if there's a little hole at a seam, you could make that repair before giving it to the thrift shop, which means it's much more likely to go straight onto the sales floor. And then just being conscientious of the fact that there are, you know, thousands, millions of people working in the secondhand economy who want to do the best they can, but often are so overwhelmed by the volume. 
that it's really helpful if you do a little bit of work at home first. And then beyond just buying high quality clothes and thrifting more and disposing of them responsibly, is there anything we can do to support this secondhand market to keep growing to help fashion go circular? I think continuing to destigmatize secondhand fashion, making it seem really fun and accessible because it is. I wear a lot of secondhand clothes and anytime somebody compliments me, of course, I'm a little bit biased because I run a thrift shop, but I'll be like, thanks, I got it at the thrift shop. And every time they hear that, that's another advertisement for how secondhand can be really great. So a lot of it just comes down to us using our like very normal organic friendships and networks to talk about how valuable it is to us personally. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. We definitely have to keep learning from you. So where can we continue following you online and on social media? So you can go to my blog at stylewise-blog.com and you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. It's stylewiseblog. And that's a wrap for this Bloom Tuesday. The other thing I wanted to tell you is I did ask Leah after our conversation, given that it's really difficult to sell trendy clothes, not currently on trend, does this mean that we should also shop for more timeless pieces when we buy new or is it okay if we buy more more trendy pieces as well? To this, she answered, you know, timelessness is definitely important and helpful, but it's much more about our personal style. So not really always shopping the latest trends for the sake of being trendy or for the sake of being always on trend, but just really getting to know our personal style and taste. And if that happens to be colorful, funky, full of fun prints and patterns, and that's our style that will last in our own wardrobes, then that's totally fine because it still slows down our rate of buying and tossing things out, uh, really honors our personal tastes, and also offers these more unique pieces in the secondhand space that will definitely sell very well, especially uh, if it happens to be on trend for the general marketplace. Before we wrap up, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our giveaway partner for November, which is Brightly. The thing is that when we do buy new, it is important that they're made by people who've been paid fairly for their work using high-quality, eco-conscious materials, as we mentioned earlier. And this is exactly what Brightly focuses on. They verify certifications and claims made by brands to make sure that they actually make their products responsibly, they give back to nonprofits globally, and they ship directly from each of the brands to you, which helps to save emissions from transportation. Because it's important that we also honor our own values and personal style when we shop, they also offer a wide variety of pieces categorized by values so we can easily find stuff that we or maybe our loved ones would really appreciate. So, other than signing up to our newsletter at greendreamer.com to win one of three gift cards from them for this month, you can also check them out directly at thebrightly.co. I have this linked in the show notes so you can check them out from there. Um, Some of my favorite brands are on here, so I'm really excited for you to check out the marketplace and platform. Again, that's thebrightly.co. Finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.